Hey everyone, welcome back to Fika for Life. Yay! Woohoo! And my name is Edward Thomas, and my co-host is Lin Nguyen. Hello. And、uh, Lin and I today will be talking to you based on your questions that you've sent in to us. We'll be talking today about trust in relationships. Yes, so it's really broad, and I think we'll we'll keep it on the non-married side. So it's more relatable because everyone should start out on the non-marriage side with trust. So I started off as a baby. I wasn't married when I was a baby. So you sure? No, <laughs> I tried to get married. I went to a lot of people. Could you marry me? I said、uh, no. <laughs> so trust, like trust, is a is a big word, isn't it? Well, I mean, trust starts with birth. We all. Come into this relationship of trust with our mother and father,、mm-hmm. uh, especially our moms. So、mm-hmm. I was like a real mommy's boy, mom. I could trust mom until I found that my mom was Santa Claus. That was my first. <laughs> that was my first crisis <sighs> of trust because you know we would、You've、be up and make the cookies. <laughs> I was nine years old. <laughs> wow. I know that protective Christian family is like oh, but but it was true. But it was、um, so the first. Issue for trust for, for me that was like Santa Claus,、mm-hmm. um, and then as it started to extend to like people I knew and went to school with,、um, it was always about who's your real friend.、Mm-hmm. So one of the hardest things was when someone says, "Oh, Ed, can we be friends?" and I was like, "Oh yeah, we can be friends," and then they didn't want to be seen with me, <laughs> the other kids or whatever, or or if someone was teasing me, they would like run away or they would side on their side, and then I knew that that person wasn't trustworthy.、Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was for me. That was like my earliest memories of of having to deal with trust and and who can I trust and.、Um, so are are you saying that our trust issues or the ability to trust comes a lot from what we have experienced as a kid and even in yeah, our families? Yeah, I think if you come from a family where where you feel love for who you are and and you feel like the people are reliable,、mm-hmm. then it builds up this. Sort of、uh, well of trust, so that becomes how big uh, uh, amount of trust that you can hold. And then, if you come from a family without a lot of trust, then what happens is you're just more guarded, and it becomes harder for you to actually trust people.、Um, so, I, I think that、uh, the, what we call our primary family、um, plays a big role in our ability to trust later on in life. So, so can you can you blame your past and your childhood on your issues you might experience now? Sure, you could, I, I, but I think, but but that doesn't mean that just because you've had that past、mm-hmm. and it's affected you, you're not like molded in iron or brass. <laughs> you, you can't change, and you can learn how to build effective relationships of trust,、um, even though you have a past that makes you feel like, ooh, you know, scary with the trust thing. So, so how how exactly like you you talked about childhood and trust、yeah. like that, so. Let's talk about when you are becoming adult. You、mm. move maybe out from your、mm. from your parents' home. You、oh、maybe go、gosh. to college or you go and、mm. start working. I mean, there are a lot of relationships you have to build with trust. Yeah, I think when I was pre med,、uh, was my chemistry class, and、uh, we had these chemical experiments that we had to do.、Mm-hmm. And sometimes some students, because of the competition thing, would sabotage another student. Really? Wow!、Yeah. Strange. So one day I was,、to. and I was like. I was like super trusting, you know. I'm like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt first, and someone contaminated my sample, <gasps> and so I failed. The, I failed that part of the course, 
and I would have to redo the whole course all over. Even I went to the teacher, I showed my work, this is what's in my thing, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to watch your sample, and you're supposed to guard your sample because you know that some students will try to contaminate your sample. But it's so strange that your teachers would... Like you, then I would feel like you can't even trust the system because the teachers are not exactly protecting you. Exactly. <laughs> so that was, I mean, that and that was part of the the trust issues, especially like being a minority in the state. So um, being a black person, I had to learn. Like I remember once when I was twenty three and I was jogging late at night, and the, and the kids were home, um, and I couldn't sleep, and I just decided to go for a run, and then I was stopped by the police. <laughs> because yeah. a black man at night black out man by running himself. in a really really nice neighborhood must be a thief you know <laughs> so so there was different kinds of things like that that all played into the trust thing so it always affected like relationships and um meeting friend, uh friends and everything like that because you know you kind of have to decide like how much how much can i afford um, to let people know about something and establishing trust, you have to share. You have to be. You have to take a risk. Mm-hmm. And for every relationship that you take a risk in, then you will probably be hurt. Because you risk it. Because you're risking mm-hmm. it, right? And so every risk is a potential hurt. And so you have to decide how much, how much can I can I afford to sort of uh, let people in on. Um, so like, um, but I mean, as a Christian, um, mm-hmm. how. It says like you should forgive seven times seventy seven and and you should love your neighbor and all of these yeah. things have hospitality, you have an open home, and these have all the issue with trust, so mm-hmm. as a christian how how much should you be trusting? Well, there should be an extra verse in the Bible and it says, <laughs> "Do not be stupid <laughs> and, and I think we can I think sometimes we find that Paul writes a lot about don't be ignorant he mm-hmm. says I, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant about the coming of Christ or something. So I think there's some aspect that a, a Christian could possibly end up being a doormat. And yeah, I don't think and, and a like, doormat's God's plan for our life. With the word like being meek and so mm-hmm. on and humble and mm-hmm. how does it go together with trust? Well, I mean, it's the same thing. You're still taking a risk, but you have to figure out why do I take the risk? As a Christian, what I have to do reflects back upon who Jesus Christ is. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus Christ takes this risk. He takes an amazing risk all the time in who he talks to. Um, he allows himself to be associated with both sinners and, and the most religious leaders of society. He allows himself to be associated with both the rich and the poor. And so he was sort of, Jesus had this ability to be so open to people. And I think it's because of, of three things. Number one, he was consistent about who he was. Jesus never, like he never sort of played the popular game. Mm-hmm. So he never tried to do something so that people would take him, uh, would be would like him more. So Jesus doesn't change his speech. He doesn't change his meth, me, uh, message. He does, doesn't change his behavior so that people will like him. Mm-hmm. So he's totally free from the whole idea of affirmation from other people. And therefore, he's just Jesus, and, if, and you have to like you have to like like him or leave him. You know, you can't just take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is what you see, what you get. You know, he's wissy wig, and um, so I, I think it's, it's that. I think the other thing is Jesus is very clear about what he means. So, and in, in, I don't think you can find any place in the in the Gospels where someone comes to Jesus with with a question. And they're kind of walking around going like, uh... Although he speaks in parables and stuff, and not everyone gets that. Yeah, but then the disciples will say, okay, so we didn't get that one. 
We were smoking crack. We didn't get that one. Could you explain it for us? We're a little slow here. And he would always explain it to him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that if the crowd had done the same thing, he would have explained it for them also. So I, I think that Jesus was really consistent. So, And he was unafraid to, to tell his message. So are you saying we should um, copy Jesus' behavior in that sense? Yeah. I mean, he... He was still kind. He was the most loving, the kindest, the most considerate person in meeting people. And yet still, he was still so consistent that sometimes people would experience him as hard. Uh, or uh, maybe not hard, but they, they didn't always like his message. But they still like couldn't stop hanging out with him. But they what, were so attracted what to him. does it have to do with trust? Everything. <laughs> okay. Aha, I, so you want me to answer I'm a bit that, sorry. stupid, so can okay. you explain okay, that to so me? I'm going to explain for you. Uh, yeah, okay, so so you're going to meet a person. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is that we're going to reflect back upon one of the things I just said about Jesus. And so what you do is that is present the most honest face that you can. About yourself. Person, about yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can't control other people. You can't know what other people are thinking. Uh, and so you don't waste time with that. But what you do is that you present the most honest picture of yourself, and that's what Jesus does. But that's that's a trust thing. I mean, how much do you tell? How much do you tell that person? Exactly. And Jesus doesn't tell everybody everything. No. So he limits who he's telling things to based on who the person is. And I, I think that trust is earned. So I would, and that's what I was saying in the beginning about you have to decide how much you can afford to tell. Mm-hmm. So like I was raped when I was 19. If I meet someone today, I can tell them about that because it's something I can afford to tell. And if other people tell it, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. So that's what because I... Because you're so open with it anyway. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I mean, now I've had t- time to sort of work through that, process that. It happened a long, long, long time ago. Um, I don't, I'm not around that person or anything like that. So so it's something that, that if someone were to tell someone else, I wouldn't be hurt by that because mm. that's what I can afford. But if I were to tell them uh, something more intimate... Then, then that would that would hurt me. If someone else would, pass if someone else would, on. yeah, would pass it on. And so, uh, so what happens is that I can only tell those kind of things to someone who has actually earned my trust. Yeah. So what happens is you you start with the stuff that you can afford um, to talk about and to let people know about that you can afford to let a certain level of closeness happen, and then how that person handles that determines whether or not you can then extend more trust to that person. What what about people who are in both ditches? So those who are like overly trusty, like tell everything. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, people who are, they are so private, they tell you nothing except for mm-hmm. like what they work with and what's their name. <laughs> okay, so I have, I have a friend of mine and he's like really, really super reserved and private about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he talks to me about a lot of stuff. He'll share stuff with me. And the reason that he shares stuff with me is because I don't go around blabbing it back to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he finds me to be a trustworthy enough person where he's okay sharing things that he would maybe not share with hardly anyone else. Mm. Um, so I usually the people who are really guarded is because either they have so much to lose by sharing that information or because they've been so hurt before then now they've built up sort of this hard protective shell, shell yeah. so they don't get hurt again. Uh, well, the other people who are just really like open and tell everything. Um, they risk of, a lot. Well, I, I think one of the things might be that you have to ask why are they doing that? Yeah. So sometimes in it, in it or... right, exactly, in the hunger for attention or affirmation, 
I'm willing to sell myself out. Yeah. So that person may may be willing to tell these things because um, because of what they get, and that's not trust. That's not establishing trust. Because if I tell you something, it doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't mean anything. I still haven't established real trust. No. Real trust only happens when it's something that that is uh, is precious or is you know that means something to me. Uh, and sharing that that's where trust is established. Because you could use that information against me. You could hurt me with that. You could harm my business or my family, whatever, with that information. And now I'm entrusting something to you mm. that if you guard it and treat it just as precious, whatever, now I know I can trust you. I may be willing to trust you with something more. I mean, I just recently, I think, I just, um, like, my friend told me something that was really private. Um, and I I didn't thought about it, so I asked the other person who was also involved about it when there were other people in the room. Mm. And I felt so, so, so bad yeah. afterwards. So I told that person, like, you mm. know what? This was really bad. It was really private. I shouldn't mm. have said anything. I mm. didn't, in that moment, I didn't th- think about that right. other people are around and this mm. is maybe a private matter. Um, so I said, sorry. And this person went, oh, it's, it's okay. I, I felt in that moment too that it was a bit off. Mm. But um, I understand. But I, f- I felt so bad because right. I felt like, oh my gosh, I, what, what did I blabbermouth yeah. do, like to betray someone or to yeah. lose their trust? I think mm-hmm. it's it's really hard. Yeah, I mean, and if you're going to be a trustworthy person, you know, someone that other people will trust, you have to work at it. You have to build that up. Mm. It's just like m- bodybuilding. Uh, you have to actually <laughs> intentionally and strategically work at becoming a trustworthy person. None of us are born that way. No. Um, so I think that, uh, and one of the ways of doing that is is learning how to guard my mouth yeah so my mouth is just not allowed to say Say anything at once yeah and it's and to really be aware of the surroundings it's one thing when i'm in the shower blabby i can say whatever i want no one's there with me Uh, but once there's another person in the room i have to start to take in consideration in what situation was this information given to me Mm -hmm. and and in what in what kind of setting can i let this information be known um i think it's always tough to to like convey information when people are asking me about other people mm. and i can't say exactly mm. what's going on so i can only say well they're in a tough situation right now or mm. they're not very well or like really general things mm. somehow but yeah. i felt this is like i can't get give more details yeah. because it will just cause more questions mm. and then this whole trust issue will become mm. shaky exactly and it's really hard sometimes as a as a priest or a pastor uh, one day a man came to me and revealed something to me. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to meet with his wife later on. Uh-oh. And his wife tells the same thing. Oh. And I've got to poker face it. I've got to like, I've, ah. I've heard and this I'm like, the first time. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, really? Oh my gosh, I'm so shocked. And I'm trying, and I have <laughs> An to be, actor. I'm not about to, I can't lie, because that would be sinning against God. And I can't reveal the truth because I'm breaking confidence. Mm-hmm. So I have to put myself in the situation that I'm actually hearing this for the first time from this person and not for the first time in my life. <laughs> wow, that's so tough. I have, so I have to put myself into a frame of mind so that my reactions are true at the same time, making sure that the things I promise to to guard and protect, I guard and protect those things. But I've, I think I've been in that situation before where I felt like I'm pretending mm. I didn't know, although I knew. Yeah, <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, and, and and in those instances, I usually ask God for help mm. that I can walk that that tightrope 
and be be current for the person who's speaking to me at the same time guarding the confidence and the trust that I was uh, entrusted with. So it's, it's, uh, but I, those things are like really, really important. You know, I, I think it's hard when, um, when it's like your, your siblings. Because mm. sometimes we tend to, we may be nicer to other people than we are to our own siblings. Or family. Yeah, in family. Yeah. And a lot of times we maybe, maybe we should really rethink really our images of family because sometimes that family member has really entrusted us with something. And because it's family, we just go and blab it off to the rest of the family. But maybe that really wasn't considerate of that person. So You take things for granted or something mm. like that. Exactly. So exactly. I have another question. Yes. Um, so let's let's say that, that there's a situation where mm. your friend or friends mm. have betrayed you really badly. Mm. What do you do? Like, what do you do in that Wow. Moment. What do you do with that situation? Pray. Okay. Step one. Pray. And I know. I know. It sounds really <laughs> Christian. Like, yeah, it sounds really cheesy and Christiany, you know. But uh, but really, prayer is one of our greatest weapons mm-hmm. when we're faced with a difficult situation, especially when it comes to betrayal, uh, disappointment, things like that. Uh, feeling that someone stabbed us in the back. Um, prayer. Before I react, I need to pray. I need to have let God in on this situation to affect me, because only His love can give me a different situation. Otherwise, I'll be ruled by ruled by the pain and the and the frustration and and the disappointment. And I can't let those things rule in my life because they often will lead me to a sinful, hurtful attitude towards other people. Um, so that that would be step one: is to pray and ask for God's guidance and. That his love would fill me greater than anything I could be experienced hurt-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is that in the Bible it tells us that when we realize that something has gone wrong between us and another person, that we need, should, we need to go to, to that person and talk to them. Mm. Uh, so the next thing would be trying to address the issue with the person who's actually hurt me. Yeah. Uh, and, if, and if I find out that they're not willing, willing to listen, so I have a friend... I said, oh, what you said really hurt me. And the person's making a lot of excuses and isn't listening. Not taking it serious. Yeah. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, you hurt me. You're not taking it seriously. So I'm just going to walk away uh, because I think there should be a consequence uh, for, for that. And back to the idea that a Christian is not a doormat, that I think it's really important uh, for, uh, for the person who's hurt is to make sure that they're also establishing a, a boundary that says this is not acceptable and the consequence when someone crosses over that boundary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just hopefully the, the person, I, and it's still I would still be praying that that, per, that that person who has hurt me would then be open enough Get to inside. be able to, <laughs> yeah, be able to at least receive that and that I would be listening enough so that, because maybe their perspective might change how I view things. Uh, Do you mean there might be misunderstanding? Yeah, I mean, just think like, okay, so if a friend's mom just died and they were really close and it just happened all of a sudden, mm. they might be just in a totally different frame of mind. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I can experience uh, uh, a type of, of hurt or that they stabbed me in the back or something, but maybe because of where they were at mentally. They weren't able to do anything other. That was a decision they made because they're under this mental pressure. Uh, so I and I try to listen for stuff like that. So to be right. considerate. Yeah, somehow. just what are the circumstances? Yeah. 
the Bible talks about giving a person the uh, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, uh, it's really pre- prevalent in Jewish societies that we would just assume um, that the person had good intentions. Yeah. So, and sometimes I, I'm not always good about that. Sometimes <laughs> I hear the words, and I'm just so focused on the word and the meaning of the word that I don't really see beyond that and see this the the bigger picture. So, what um, about if you? Betray someone or that piece. Well, that's the pers- worst one. <laughs> the, your, the other person feels like you have betrayed their trust big time. Mm, I did that once, a couple of times. Um, uh, I felt so guilty. I felt so bad. So the first thing I wanted to do was to end the guilt. And I was like, okay, God, <laughs> forgive me. But God sort of kept nagging me about what I had done that was wrong. And then I went to the person that I had offended. Yeah. And asked that person to forgive me. Um, because what I said and what I did wasn't nice, and it wasn't, and I don't know, I don't, I had resentment against the person mm. from something that happened earlier, and I was so still resentful that I took it out on the person then. Yeah. And so I went to the person and asked, and actually as a person, asked the person to forgive me. Yeah. Um, because I said that wasn't fair to you. Yeah. Uh, that takes a lot of pride swallowing. Oh yes, oh my gosh, it's like, <laughs> to uh, admit that you're wrong and then to go and apologize. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but that's okay. Um, I've been able to actually, uh, hopefully, get better um, at uh, as as quickly as possible that I realize that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. To then go and try to fix it as soon as possible. Yeah, don't and, let it take roots yeah exactly don't let it sit and just simmer and and just hang out there you know do something it's not a stew people don't (laughs) let it cook (laughs) it's that tough meat that needs to be cooked for hours no but but i think that's that's one of the things that's really important though is to is to try to address things as soon as it happens because there might be a good story behind that and you're gonna feel like a jerk if you didn't take that into account true so so do you have any last remarks on trust in relationships? Well, I mean, think about something that God asks us to do in Proverbs chapter 3. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge Him. Acknowledge God in everything you do, and He will make your path straight. Uh, that's that's, a, that's a, a couple of verses about trust. Mm-hmm. And it starts with learning to trust God first before I trust myself. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. Because <laughs> God is always asking us to step out on the water. In trust. Yeah. He's like, he's like, the water is stormy, but step out of the boat and walk on the water. And we're like, uh-uh. Can you calm the sea first? God's like, uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. Step out on the stormy water. But it, it's all up and down and shaky. Step out on the water. <laughs> Can you ask someone else? You know, ask Lynn. And God's like, no, I'm asking you. Uh, I don't want to be disobedient, but... <laughs> and so uh, and so God is... It's one of those things that God is constantly doing. Bring us to new waters that He wants us to leave the boat and walk out on those new waters in faith and trust to Him. And, th- and that takes that takes practice and it takes in- intentionality. <laughs> in- intentionality to let my life be affected and influenced by the trust that God is asking me because that's going to transform us. Mm-hmm. That's going to make trusting other people a lot easier because if I'm already trusting God and I'm trusting God 
I'm relying upon God and trusting in His promises, His grace and mercy, then any person I meet because a part of that 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 will to trust God. And all of a sudden, a lot of stress is just blown away. But it's replaced by this idea that God will keep His word and God will never, ever, ever let us down. Uh, that God is always there for us um, and that whatever He's promised, He could do. That's the ultimate trust. Then. That's the ultimate trust. But that trust affects the rest of life, I think. And, uh, you know, he's asking us to trust that when Jesus died on the cross, he died on the cross for our sins. Mm-hmm. And we got to trust in that. Yeah. That what he said is true. Otherwise, exactly. <laughs> otherwise, there's not much to do about um, it. So that's so, so the whole trust thing, that verse in the Bible that talks about trust like that. Um, I think but, uh, I think when it comes to trust, maybe we all have to think about for those who have difficulties with trusting, mm. it's about no risk, no fun. Exactly. Somehow, like yeah, you can't avoid being hurt. Yeah, it, except by not interacting. And it not, comes as a side effect that yeah. you might get hurt, and you get, you might get hurt badly, or you might get hurt mildly. But mm. in, at the end of the day, um, in order to gain trust, you have to risk something, getting hurt. Mm. It's true. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening. And thank keep you. keep sending us more topics and questions. And yes. we really appreciate that. Yes. And so. if you have comments on this uh, subject or anything that you felt that we missed and you want us to address, please let us know. Uh, we love getting letters from you and we love getting uh, comments back from you. We take all those things seriously. Yes. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or ideas, please send us a message to fikaforlife at mail.com. Fika, F-I-K-A. This was the Fika for Life podcast with Lin Nguyen and Edward Thomas, and we hope to hear you again. <laughs>